It's that time again already. Welcome to the Digi Enable podcast. My name's Darren. This is Liz. Hope you're doing well. Wow, the year, the year flying by, flying by. You know what? I had to remind myself then. I was just about to go into it's April already, and something yeah. in my head just kind of went, "It's April, isn't it?" <laughs> it's April. It's April. <laughs> had to remind myself. It's it's been a strange old couple of months. I think it's also that um, it's Easter, and I think everyone's trying to take a little bit more time off than previous because I think because there's so many like bank holidays and things like that, there is there is opportunity for most of us, I guess. Um, to take that time off if you can do. Well, and I think just doing stuff in general. You know, we, we've, we've talked obviously a lot over the last couple of years about certain restrictions that have been in place in life, and now those restrictions are starting to disappear. Everyone we know is going out to networking events and going out to the theatre and going on holidays mm-hmm. and having weekends away, and it's, it's like kind of life has got back to <laughs> what it was beforehand. However, I think everyone's realising life, what it was beforehand, was pretty bloody exhausting. It is, isn't it? I've noticed that. I've noticed I get more exhausted by face-to-face stuff than I used to. And you know how right at the very start of the pandemic, we were like, oh, God, Zooms, Zoom calls and MS Teams calls just make me really tired with, like, the eye strain and all that sort of thing. I think they're equal measure, aren't they? I think we've taken one for granted when we're doing the other, and then when we do loads of the other, then we've taken the other for granted. So you just kind of... You know, it's the grass is always greener, isn't it? Oh my God, I really want to go back to full Zoom calls or I really want to go back to -to face-to-face and then you're like, oh no, there's a reason why we didn't do that all the time. Well, and you forget how tiring the actual interacting of people actually is. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, so we went to that curry night um, arranged by a local security company. Brilliant night, amazing people, really enjoyable night. Started at five o'clock, an hour and a half of networking, getting to know people, couple of cocktails, lots of chatting, raised voices because we were in a very small room for a lot of people. And I know even by the time we'd got to the end of that talking and moved into the room to have a curry, already my voice was starting to kind of go, I'm not going to last, I'm not going to (laughs) last. We we sat down at half past six to eat. There was um, presentations, there was the first course, there was more presentations, there were second courses. More presentations and talking and announcements and then there was a third course. We're getting close to like 10pm, half mm. past 10 at this point. Yeah. I was done. <laughs> I was seriously done. I was chatting to the other people around the table. I had this amazing woman right next to me from Blackburn College and we were talking about oh, really right, interesting yeah, yeah. stuff around education. But in the back of my head, I'm kind of going, this is really interesting. I love being out. I love meeting people. I want my bed. <laughs> really want to go to bed. And also, if you've got into a habit of going to bed at like a more reasonable time than you used to, I think that has that impact as well, isn't it? Because... I think everyone's been leaning on, like, understanding self-care a lot more. And um, I've heard quite a few people recently actually saying that they've lost the voices. And I think Mm. it is, you know, if if you haven't been out face-to-face networking for a while, like, you're you're making probably more of an effort than you would have previously done. Because, you know, you're excited and you want to share and you want to talk to people. So that in itself is a bit more exhausting than normal. And then you add that on top. And I think there's, there's that... You've just got to be careful, haven't you? Because that is one of the signs that you're getting near burnout stage. Absolutely. So, you know, you have to. And, and you're battling. Because it's like on, on Zoom, you know that when you start talking, everyone else tends to go quiet because you can only really hear one voice at a time. But yeah, when you're in a room yeah, full yeah. of people, yeah. so many conversations mm-hmm. going on, your awareness is all over the place, you're looking out for the next person in case you know them. Mm-hmm. It does feel like sensory overload mm-hmm. at times, but. It's the, it's the world we wanted to get back to. So so we embrace it and we move forward. But it's interesting. I think that's why, as we just to go back to the point of this whole 
diatribe that I'm currently going down <laughs> at the moment. Uh-oh. It's it's you know the world is going back to what it was, and we're getting to do these events, and it's amazing. We're doing business, we're meeting new people. But I think that term that you just mentioned about self care is like so important. We need to make sure that there's also the downtime as well. We'll talk a little bit later in the podcast about the emails that um, we send out on behalf of your productivity stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah. a couple of those topics recently have been around that concept of almost like when you're on a plane, the idea of you put your own oxygen mask on first before you yeah. can look after anyone else. Definitely. That really is what we have to think about. Look after yourself, make sure your health is decent. And then if your health is decent, then you can actually do good things for the people around you. So um, got quite quite philosophical for the start of the, the podcast Gosh. this month. Yeah, it, go, it goes okay, to well crap. Done. It goes to crap after this. <laughs> so, sure, what are we talking about today's podcast? I know we're talking AI. I know we're talking about Gen Z. I know we're talking TikTok, and we're talking productivity. Loads to cover in the next twenty-five minutes. So let's dive straight in. AI is a big topic. Mm, it is this time. Big big topic. Yeah. And just because it's being used in lots of different ways. Now, one of the interesting things this moment, I don't know if you've come, well, I do know you've come across this because you're the one that told me about it, but <laughs> OpenAI have now developed this new image generator. And this isn't something that's brand new. Now, I remember I got very excited about a website some time ago, and actually its name escapes me at the moment, but it's one that would create very realistic human faces from a random algorithm. Oh, yeah. And it was one that was used by a lot of people mm. to create online profiles if yeah, they didn't yeah. really want to create the online profile it's basically the ultimate catfishing tool yeah but so clever and so scary how it was able to create those images now if you're interested in that kind of stuff check out this website called OpenAI, and what it does is if you type in two random words it creates amazing images like proper artistic images now i, I checked all these out and it's like if you type in the word animal helicopter Mm. it will suddenly come up with 15 different versions of what a painting of animal helicopter would look like and it might be a cat with rotors it might be a (laughs) hamster flying through the sky it can be all this stuff but genuinely they look like they look like an artist could have created it Mm, and they're really really creative i also saw i know one of your favorite artists is gustav klimt yeah and someone did that where they took the kiss and they put Klimt as a concept, followed by the kiss. And they asked the computer to generate the image. And actually, what the computer generated, not a million miles away from mm, Klimt's original. Yeah, yeah. And I think that freaks a lot of people out. Because as much as it, it's really exciting, you know, we can now create art, we can create images, we mm. can create the creative process through AI. Mm. There's a lot of people looking at it and kind of going, is that going to put us out of jobs? Well, I mean, it's, it's also interesting because I think it goes back to the concept of deep fakes because I think there's a lot of videos now that are created, that are news articles that, you know, I think a famous one was Obama said something that clearly he didn't say, but they had a video that was deep fake that looked like it was. Um, and so things are looking more realistic as AI develops. So I think... If you like artwork that's being developed by AI, you might have a big picture on your wall in your house physically that has that sort of artwork. But I think there's also the element that if it if you want human artwork, there's still going to be a need for that. Um, I went and I took my mum to Van Gogh Live uh, at Media City in the Northwest uh, probably a few months ago now. And there was this big robotic arm that drew one of Van Gogh's very famous paintings of sunflowers 
and it got it pretty bob on like the the brush stroke the dimension if you think about it when you paint a bit of paint on a piece of paper with a brush you have lots of like nuance you have the pressure you have the color you have the thickness of the paint like it, it can all be boiled down into numbers if you really want it to but i think there'll still be a place for real artists because people will want real art on the walls not necessarily created by um a robot that might be able to then spew out the same piece of artwork in inverted commas for another several thousand people to have exactly the same identical painting i think the nuance and the variations of buying a painting by an artist versus the other hundred that they've designed that's similar there'll always be differences so i think if you're a true lover of art, I think it will be interesting, this AI side of things, but I think people will still buy artwork from artists that are humans. It does seem to come back to the issue of trust and credibility, doesn't it? Mm, and, yeah. and whether people can trust the source that it's come from, whether it's for that reason you say about whether it's a unique piece or whether it's a mass-produced piece, but it kind of looks unique at mm, the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through to that really interesting deep fake argument mm. is what we're seeing actually real. And I think if we actually look at what's being talked about here, it's that bigger concept that says, how do we actually view artificial intelligence? Is it yeah. something to be scared of because it's got the op opportunity to manipulate and spread fear? Or is it something we embrace and engage as something that's going to benefit humanity moving forwards? Mm. We don't particularly have an answer for that. I think, it, I think it's interesting to look at, isn't it? So the next story... Um, where I think over the past sort of three or four podcasts, we've talked very much about um, lots of newspapers and online um, journalism platforms binning off their real human uh, journalists to replace them with robots. And we've shared on this podcast a few times and a few examples where it's gone badly wrong because it needed a human intervention to have a sense check and go, no, that photo's actually of a completely different person or those phrases aren't things that you can use in, you know, in the real world. So for the next sort of news article we wanted to share today, um, Google are now classifying anything AI generated as spam. So this is interesting because, you know, the way you just said, do we trust it or not? Google says no. Google says any AI created content is spam. And so it's starting to, you know, delist them, uh, you know, not be able to find, be found on Google without a, a more in-depth mm. search, for example. And, and actually, Google's response to that concerns me a little bit because in, in the bluntest possible way, who are Google to decide that? You know, yeah. AI, yeah, yeah, AI yeah. has been developed to try and benefit humanity in any way it can. And admittedly, it's also been developed to try and lessen the need for people and increase productivity mm, and, yeah. and basically cut corners where we can cut corners. But we see on a regular basis, whether it's the art image style work that we talked about just now or whether it's the content AI generators that we yeah, have sort sure. of experience yeah, with yeah. and we work with. If we as a business decide that that's the route we want to go down to create content because it fits within our systems and our ethos and the way that we actually do things, why did Google get to decide that that's not an appropriate form of content? Well, I mean, you could say that for anything, couldn't you? Google's, like, taken over the world. Hmm. And um, this is where it comes back to this hilarious conversation that our regular listeners 
will appreciate. This is where I say, well, why don't we use something like DuckDuckGo? But do, but do you know? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, because it, it, it seems to me, I think the impression would be that if Google go down this route, then the likes of DuckDuckGo they and Edge and all the others will probably yeah. follow suit at the yeah. same time. They probably but, will. But I think it's, it's a case of Google deciding mm. for businesses what's right and what's wrong. Sure. And that's not really their place to decide. Um, it's like, if it's quality content yeah. that still provides value to the yeah. user, that's good content. Yeah, and I also wonder how much they can decide what's AI generated and what's not. Like, what is the trigger that makes it... I think that was my next a, question. A clear, ...a clear AI generated thing. So um, in the article, which we'll um, put in the show notes, um, where we've seen it, so the next web uh, did this article around um, using it as spam. They get this little... Um, they've created this little robot picture um, that has then spam as in the processed ham brand. Uh, that many uh, UK and Americans love, um, they use that as an image to try and test it and see what would happen. So if it's something that has things like branding on it and clearly that brand is not a brand you own, I think that then shows up different things. But they're talking about, um, you know, getting rid of journalism, going back to your, you know, your conversation around content. How would... Because most of these, you know, content writing platforms that use AI are nuanced enough that every single piece of content is different. So how are Google going to find that that is AI-related content? Because the whole idea of the AI-created content is that they add in colloquialisms and you then can edit it as well before you post it. So as much as they're kind of saying this is what we're going to flag up as spam, and you're absolutely right, who would Google to dictate what businesses are doing? But I mean, you could say that the past, what, 20 years, Google have been doing that anyway. So that's nothing new. But I just wonder how they're going to actually flag up as part of their algorithm what is AI generated and what's not. I agree. And and the nature of iterative progression would say that if Google get a little bit smarter where they can spot the AI spam, if they're going to call it that, yeah. the AI just gets a little bit better. Yeah, it, they'll tweak a little, they'll tweak their algorithms to, you know, veto Google's algorithms and then they'll just keep going back and forwards, won't they? I think that'll be a, uh, but, you know, an interesting one to keep an eye on nonetheless. Absolutely. Um, I saw another story this week about Gen Z. Um, Gen Z, for anyone who's not 100% sure, 18 to 25 year olds, what we would now officially regard as young people. <gasps> How dare you? Oh, you know what? I, 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 I saw you? that Catherine Tate's got Nan coming out soon in the cinema, the yeah. movie of it. Mm. And as soon as I saw that was coming out, I was chatting to my nephew and I said, oh, I'm looking forward to that. And he went, who is it? I went, man, I feel old. No, really? I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not Gen Z <gasps> anymore. But it's interesting that Gen Z are seeing what they actually want from social media at the moment is ethics and openness and honesty from their social media about how things work. And it's, it's really interesting that the marketing world has always been primarily about spin, about making what you do look good regardless, about putting the message across in the way that says, this is how we want people to perceive us, so this is what we should say. But what young people are now saying, and I suppose what some people have been saying for a while but we've not felt the need to respond to it, is just be honest with us. Tell us exactly yeah. what's going on. If you're a cosmetics brand and you have certain parts of your production chain which might be not completely ethical, 
just tell us mm. about it yeah. and then we can try and fix it together and we can make decisions on whether we buy from you or not and I think that's a really interesting twist to just kind of put out there because you still will get a lot of businesses that will publish their social media through very rose-tinted glasses. They'll yeah, only talk about yeah, the highlights yeah, and the yeah. positives and the successes where actually the message is coming very, very strong and clear from this is that most people now, younger people primarily, but I think it is spreading through the ages, want very much a what's and all account of your business and what's going on within it. I think it's it's also because I think in previous years we've seen lots of examples of famous people who, you know, have got tick registered Twitter accounts, for example, maybe people, you know, running the whole free world and all that. Um, we've caught out in lies using social media platforms to lie. So I think in contrast, like we're kind of sick of that. Like some of these social media platforms have been around 10, 20 years, you know, so as much as Gen Z are asking for this, there's a lot of maybe Gen Xs like us that have actually been using these platforms for years and seen the way it's progressed. So we've seen the worst of people using, you know, and it has, I think it's got progressively worse where because there isn't really any rules that you have to follow, you know, there's terms and conditions, but really, you know, within the whole scheme of things, social media platforms aren't necessarily holding you to account of what you say you don't necessarily have to be truthful online so people are getting a bit more savvy to this you know gen z's are very much about ethical choices in terms of purchases so they want to be able to use socials to do their homework and get more research and information about it if the website doesn't say they'll go seeking out social media to try and find details on you know the products or the services that these brands are offering so you know long gone are the days where you could just talk about price it's a you know it's a multifaceted purchase now where people are thinking much more about the environmental concerns the ethical impacts on things so using social media in that more honest and like you said transparent way uh, businesses have um an opportunity to do that with social media whereas you know there's other platforms that, that might be a little bit more clunky with that but yeah. you know this ties in. I know. I know one of our most popular workshops at the moment, and you've been delivering these primarily are the TikTok workshops because businesses are seeing that opportunity to really get TikTok as part of their brand, as part of where they're getting the message out. And I know we've made fun over previous months of my excessive TikTok use. Yes, yes, we have. At yes, times. it's still carrying on. But, but you know, <laughs> the statistics that come out of that platform are incredible. I know there's something that's talked about this month that talks about the difference between U- US and China. And normally, when you talk about the US, the UK very much follows yeah. in a similar sort of suit. Now, Chinese TikTok users very much want educational content. They want history, psychology, they want language learning, they want culture. Whereas the American UK style users are looking for leisure, personal growth, like gaming, finance, self-care, stuff that they can actually respond to and is going to improve their life. It's kind of the old features versus benefits model that we often talk about when we're coming up with marketing strategies for people. Yeah. But how you incorporate that into your brand ties into that need for transparency and openness, doesn't it? Because if you look at TikToks and you look at a lot of those US brands that are doing really well. Mm, Yeah. They will often have people from within the organisation just talking to their user base and saying, this is what we're up to at the moment. This is a new initiative we've got coming out. This is something we're concerned about. This is a campaign we want to throw our weight behind. And that relationship building aspect of it is really, really starting to dominate TikTok at the moment from a business perspective. And it only feels like it's going to get bigger. 
Definitely. I mean, one of the uh, platforms that we use as like a good uh, example case study uh, within the TikTok sessions is um, a makeup brand called Rimmel, which is primarily in the UK, but they do ship abroad as well. And recently they have gone to eco packaging. Um, they're very much heavy on the ethics side of things and they're using their TikTok channel to present that side of uh, their business. They're also um, using a, a lot more um, diverse range of models in their videos. They're getting people to demo the products as well, which traditionally hasn't been something that many makeup brands have really done. It's always been a picture of the product rather than someone applying the product, you know, and then we've got that other side of things where you know you get beauty bloggers doing that but now as a brand they're actually doing that as a demo as part of their um their offering within tiktok so that you know that that works really well and i think one of the uh great examples um also uh of rimmel as a brand they're utilizing things like tiktok for social selling as well so within tiktok you've got a little um shop option uh so you can set it up so that it links with for example if you've got um, a shopify platform um you can link that in so people can purchase the product direct from your shopify uh through the tiktok app you get a little tab on your profile and people can buy direct so again another reason why um rimmel's quite a good case study for that because that's exactly what they're doing at the moment utilizing a social platform so people can buy the product direct so when they see a little demo of you know the latest bright pink lipstick i'm like well i'm having that i can click on that i can buy that straight away from their shopify store which means it's even quicker uh you know targeting those gen z's that that want you know a two or three click purchasing stage before going any further so you know that's just one of the examples of the um tiktok top tips saying that fast <laughs> um that um i'll put a link to the um to our um top tips on our website in the show notes as well because there's loads of things where you as a business can optimize the content that you're creating to really push out mm. to to more people one thing that we mentioned a few uh, podcasts ago which we've tested ourselves um is utilizing the most popular music that's trending at the time add that music to your current creation and that will help you boost yourself in terms of the algorithms and get seen by more people little sneaky things like that if you mount them up then you'll get to to more reach than maybe you traditionally would have done it's interesting looking through some of the channels that are on there and following them because you see that the sort of stuff that we've been teaching for years is really coming to the forefront for now i mean we, we've always said to people, if you're struggling for ideas for content, one of the simplest things that you can do is document your own journey and processes. Yeah. Tell people what you're doing, tell people what you're investigating, tell people about a new space you've taken control of, whatever that might be, but share that with your audience as well. Yeah. And that very much has become the currency of TikTok in a lot of ways. Because once feel, people feel part of your journey and part of what's going on, the chances of them buying for you, just massively increase definitely massively again it's that behind the scenes it's the social element of social media you know i think some businesses forget that sometimes and you do need to be that more fun engaging down to earth behind the scenes social bit of it because then otherwise you're sort of defeating the object of the whole social media element of it Absolutely. What's going on in the seo world at the moment so i found seo wise uh so 
I kind of went on a journey last week. I was looking for something really specific online and I used Google and I tried to do the Boolean search and found that didn't work on the default Google search options on the desktop anymore. So I went looking for advanced search option and it's really hidden away. It's not easy to find on the google.co.uk or google.com um, page these days. Um, and that, I was kind of playing around with that and testing that. And then as I was looking for basically how to do advanced search in Google, because the button's not there anymore, <clears throat> I noticed that there was this new Google multi-search that they're trying. So they're trying to phase out the advanced search and um, actually bring in Google multi-search. That's why I wasn't finding it at the time. Um, this is a new way to search with text and images. Um, it's You can type in your words into Google. You can also um, take a photo if you're on your, your, um, your mobile device. And the app uh, is generally called Google Lenses. So we go to the Google search um, app within our phone and then we choose lenses we click the camera and we can scan anything. So it will do a Google search based on, say I want to, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day, he wanted the exact version, a replica of this tea caddy that he's got. And I was like, well, search it with Google. And so he took a photo of that and he found loads of variations of that picture online via Google images. So this is going that one step further. Um, and actually doing it across text and image in one go, um, but using the new Google Lenses update. So it's definitely worth checking out if you have struggled with finding the Google Advanced Search in the past. Yes, this, not that, minus, exclude, search for this on site. Some of those codes are no longer working, so it's definitely worth checking out Google Lenses instead. Interesting. Um, we're coming up to the end, so we, we never like to run over because we're very productive that way, so let's talk productivity. If you're not fully immersed in our productivity world at the moment, then make sure you sign up to Liz's emails. Where have you been, out. though? I, you know what? I think sometimes <laughs> we're on so many different platforms, it's hard for people to follow us everywhere. Oh, okay, I'll let you off then. And if do people follow you everywhere, to be, to be frank, big store crush, I'm worrying. So, <laughs> so just kind of stick to the when places. Tesco's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're comfortable you. for you. <laughs> if you don't receive the emails, go to lizhardwick.co.uk forward slash subscribe. You can sign up there. And we don't bombard you with nonsense. We basically free, quick, short emails a week that will give you productivity tips. We don't sell. We don't push products. We don't try and get you onto courses. We just give you useful bits of information that you can act on and benefit from. And hopefully we can kind of brighten up your day as well. We do it first thing in the morning to try and put a smile on your face first thing. So lizhardwick.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And it will tell you about all the stuff that's going on for us at the moment, such as our monthly book club. Our bi-monthly book club. See, I don't uh, like calling it that, because uh, as soon as you say bi-monthly book club... Is it every two weeks? Is it every two months? Mm. And yeah, it's, I get it's you. Vague. I get you. So it's our monthly book club. So it's our However, monthly book club. But it's only one book every two months. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, so backed by popular demand, uh, but based on our um, productivity members' feedback, we're picking a book every two months. So this month, end of April, the last Monday in April, um, we are um, choosing the book How to Be a Badass by Jen Sincero. Uh, it's, I'm about halfway through it so far. It's doing really well. Um, I'm really engaged with it. There's lots of like little activities to do along the way. And what we'll be doing is we'll be doing an all-day Facebook group chat. So you can dip in and out at any point. There'll be questions and prompts. And if you're listening to this podcast after the last week in April, 
um, then check out our Facebook group anyway because there'll also still be opportunity to answer the questions and have conversations and look at what everyone else has thought um, of the prompts that are within the book and what that's kind of motivated other people to do as well. Um, the link for the book group is in the chat. If you've missed that one by the time you listen to the podcast, we do them every other month or monthly, but not always. Uh, <laughs> um, if you uh, type into Google search engine or any others, um, but we've talked a lot about Google uh, today. Um, if you type in DigiEnable Eventbrite, you'll see all our um, latest events uh, to get involved with on there as well. Absolutely. Now I'm feeling very smug this month because it's the first time in a long time I've actually got through the book before the end of the month. So I'm done. I've read it. You've done it. You've read it before me as well. Well done. So and, you know. And it's going to be. Don't tell me the ending. I'm not going to tell the ending. <laughs> yeah. Everybody dies. <laughs> no. I, I, I won't tell they the end. It's very, very warship down. The, rab- <laughs> the rabbit gets hit by a boat. No. But. It's one of those books, actually, for the first couple of chapters, I found very difficult to read because it felt like it was very female orientated. The the author is very kind of feminist, empowering. The the language is a little bit sex in the city at times. However, when you get past the language and you get into the actual content, it's a very good book with lots of good tips. So I'm looking forward to see what everybody thought of that this month. Finally... Yeah. Finally this month we finally, wrap up finally. with our favourite app of the month. As the lights changes, as the seasons progress, I'm oh. feeling very poetic as I read this out. Nice. As night becomes day and as light becomes longer and as mornings become darker and as evenings become light, it doesn't rhyme anymore, so I'm just going to move on. Mornings become darker? Mornings become darker. It stays darker for longer in the mornings now. Does it? I thought yes. it was the way around. No, it stays lighter in the evenings. It stays darker for a bit longer in the mornings. That threw me at oh. first. That morning, that okay. first morning after, I went for my morning walk at yeah. about 7 o'clock in the morning couldn't figure out where the sun had gone because as far as I was concerned it should have got light about 5 o'clock but I don't think that happens until the summer slash autumn time uh, I never get I never get that whole thing you know what? and if get you're out. southern hemisphere and you listen to this it's complete opposite anyway so yeah yeah, yeah completely true, different true but it means that we're, we're getting very much affected by the seasons at the moment and I've noticed one of the things that I kind of feel I'm, I'm really bad at this and I shouldn't be but when I get up first thing in the morning one of the first things I do is check my phone to see what's kind of gone <gasps> on in the world no. and I'll check it before I've gone to bed normally to see what's gone within the football results that evening as well <laughs> but you can often feel very tired from checking your devices last minute and I got recommended this a while ago and it certainly does make a difference but blue light filters on your phone yeah. now it used to be that you would buy physical filters to put on your phone but now there are actually apps that just change the light on your filter um on your phone actually and do it on your behalf and i know for me android night owl is the one that serves its purpose it's a free to download app and it just puts this kind of sheen across your screen that makes it not quite so intense and as taxing on your brain before you go to bed or when you first woke mm-hmm. up there are um apple versions um called night shift which are already in built into it and i know on windows you can get care uis um at careeyes.com which does exactly the same thing doesn't matter what you use to be honest just yeah. type into your browser blue blue light filter yeah. get it on your phone and it will just mean going into your evenings waking up in the morning is a little bit easier and you won't find find that tired strain that you normally will get well worth well i was going to say well worth investing in but it's free so it's not even costing you anything to do well just, worth just downloading do it, just do it stop arguing <laughs> why that's why it's taking you several years to do it then right yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, okay, exactly. Got you. <laughs> exactly. 
So, I hope that's been very useful for you today. What we do like to do in this podcast is just pull together the latest information that we can find, things that we think are going to benefit your life, your business in some way. The way we kind of do day-to-day with our business anyway, we're always that digital friend that's available for a call if you need any help. And if there's anything you do need help with, you know where we are. We're on I was going to say, I was going to list off a load of places then. I suddenly thought, I don't even know if we're there. We're, we're, we're on Skype. We're on the moon. We're on, yeah, yeah. No one's used Skype yeah. since COVID, Darren. Come on. We, we hang around near the donut aisle in Sainsbury's. <laughs> now that is much more likely. Come find us. You'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us on email. You'll find us through this podcast. Wherever you type in Digenable, that's where we are. And we're always there to hand the help in hand. If you're getting out to networking events across Lancashire over the next month, you'll no doubt see us there. Sleeping in the corners at 8 o'clock at night. Curry Clubs. Have an amazing month we will see you again in june for the next podcast as we said right at the very beginning my name is darren this is liz we shall see you again soon have a great time catch you later bye